We are here to fuel your Rockets news. This is the Clutch Fan Rockets Field Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Lashar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. And I'm a writer for the Dream Shake. You can always check out my work there. I am joined by, of course, my co-host, Mr. Anthony Ducker. How are you doing today, AD? Doing good, man. Doing good. How about you? Oh, man, I can't complain. Another great Saturday here in Rockets land. We got plenty to talk about as usual. Um, If you're just on Twitter, you can always find plenty of material to talk about just from Twitter because (laughs) there's always some conflict going on within Rockets Twitter. Um, We'll be talking about one of the latest ones that just popped up. But before we do that, if you want to let everybody know where they can find all your content. Yeah, you can find me on mainly on Twitter at A underscore Duckett. Um, I'm formerly of Space A Scoop, uh, formerly of Apollo as well. Um, but yeah, I'm always always um, down for a good spirited debate. Uh, spirited <laughs> debate. <laughs> Especially if it's on Twitter. That's hard to find on Twitter, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You got to look really hard to get into it with somebody on Twitter. Everybody's just so conscious and normal <laughs> and always have uh, <laughs> always have great take, logical takes. That's so, right. <laughs> um, but no, the, today, and actually one of the things we're going to actually talk about, actually we saw uh, the video that just popped up for people that's going to be watching this on YouTube. Um, it was actually a video montage of some of Alperen Shangun's plays from this last year. And the reason why we ran that is because the latest talk has been uh, centered around whether Paulo Bancaro and Alperen Shangun can fit together. Um, even though technically that hasn't just started happening recently, but what has started happening recently is the notion of possibly trading Shangun because they don't think that those two can fit together. Um, so that's kind of where I want to start. Um, we're also going to talk about the Rockets rotation that we think they're going to have in this next coming year. And then also in the second segment, we have a whole segment centered around Clutch Fans Forum and a lot of great questions that we got in our, our mailbag question that we posed to the forum. A few days ago, we have a, a ton of great questions that we're going to get to, and that's something we're going to start integrating in more uh, throughout this season is Clutch Fans and the Clutch Fan Forum, because without Clutch Fan, you know, Dave Hardesty and Clutch Fans, we wouldn't have a podcast. So we definitely right. want to start integrating more of that into our podcast, um, especially in the off season, um, as we lead up to the draft and even after the draft. Uh, so that's going to be in our second segment. But I want to start with uh, talking about the latest – Kind of buzz going around Rockets Twitter is the possibility of trading away Alperin Shangun. And, and the latest one, um, it's been a couple of them actually, but the latest one is to possibly move up to the number four pick. Um, but I want to ask you before we even get into particulars, what's kind of your thought on why all of a sudden is the need to try to trade Shangun? Because for me personally, it doesn't make much sense. I mean, all last year we pretty much heard how great Shangun was, that he's the future of the Rockets and 
why are you only playing them 15, 20 minutes a game? So now it's possibly, well, we should possibly trade them because there's a new shiny object out there, and that's called the 2022 draft. So what's kind of your thoughts on the whole thing about just trading Shangu in the first place? Well, it doesn't make sense. Like you said, you know, we were all clamoring over Shingun last season, and yeah. rightfully so. I mean, um, whether or not you think that he can, his ceiling is Jokic or not, um, the fact that guy, the fact of the matter is, the guy is still a talent, and you need his skill set, especially when it comes to you know being able to facilitate and create. I feel like we don't really have too much of that on on our team, especially 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 in our starting rotation. Um, but and, and I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure it's all be you know the logic is well, you can't play Shingun with Paulo, which is very premeditated to say, if you ask me. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of last season when it was like, well, you can't play, you know, Shingun and Wood. Like, you don't really know until you, you know, until you try it, first of all. And secondly, you know, as we you and I discussed before on this this very pod. You know, the likelihood that Wood is even here long term is is very slim. Um, so if you draft Boncaro, your future your future bigs are Singoon and Boncaro. Now we could talk about, you know, with a Garuba, you know, what, what you saw out of him, whether he has a place or not. But for sure, we know that Singoon and Boncaro, if he's the pick at three, would be your your future there when it comes to your big. So. Whether Rockets Twitter has accepted it or not, well, they haven't, and that's usually the case. But that's going to, I mean, again, if you're drafting Boncaro, then Boncaro and Singoon, you know, those, those are your, your you, that's your staple, your future when it comes to big. So I think trading, trading Singoon is, is dumb. <laughs> um, but I will say that when you're, when you are, um, when you're um, at the place the Rockets are at, then I, there, there's an argument to be had about, you know, very few players should be off limits. Like, you know, Jalen probably is probably your only player who is off limits considering where you're at. So if you, you know, if you're talking about trading him because you have a good offer, that's one thing. But the notion of trading him because you don't think that he could fit with someone else that you haven't even drafted yet or seen next to, is foolish to me. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. As far as with Shangoon, um, it shouldn't be any untouchables outside Jalen Green, but at the same time, you shouldn't be looking to move him just to be moving him because at the end of the day, I know some people are starting to fall in love with Jaden Ivey and the possibility Rockets having Jaden Ivey and Paulo Bancaro, but again, this is not NBA 2K. It's not that simple. You have two teams that are going to have to agree to these moves. Sacramento has to agree to whatever you're trying to trade to them. And I know they're trying to win now, but at the same time, do you do we really think that Christian Wood or honestly anybody outside of my, maybe like Jalen Green, do we really think that Sacramento will really be that interested in uh, a Christian Wood type player or even a John Wall type player? Um, because they already have Sabonis. They still have him there. So, are they really going to be looking to bring on somebody else, even like an Eric Gordon? Because they still have De'Aaron Fox. They still have Mitchell that they drafted last year. <clears throat> they still have several players. They still have Harrison Barnes um, on their team. So I don't know how much they're going to be looking to move for players that are good, not great. I know some people don't think Christian Wood is good at all, but 
he's still a, a decent enough player. I just don't think he moved the needle for Sacramento. So I just don't see the value of trying to trade Shangun unless you're trying to trade him for another star player. Um, and with this upcoming free agent class, I don't know how much the Rockets are really invested into <clears throat> trying to bring in another star player or a possible star player here in the future. I just don't see them really valuing. I think they're valuing more of the players that they already have on their roster and trying to build some type of chemistry. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you shouldn't be trying to um, say Shangun is untouchable, but I'm not the, I don't, if I'm Rafael Stone, I'm not the one actually making the call to try to trade away um, Shangun. Um, and it kind of leads me into my next question because it kind of seems that Paulo Bancaro is the likely pick right now. I mean, of course, things could change. Uh, maybe OKC trades out a number two pick and that kind of changes everything. But right now, it kind of seems like Jabari is number one. Chet's going to be number two. And Iraq is going to get Paulo Bancaro at three. So a couple of things about Bancaro I want to ask you about first. How do you think he fits with the current Rockets rotation? And how do you think that rotation will be? Do you see a rotation of, um, like we were talking about before we got on, KPJ, Jalen Green, um, probably Eric Gordon at this point, the way reports are coming out, uh, a, a Bancaro and then a Christian Wood? Now, I know Christian Wood can be traded, but for right now, he's still on the roster and he's not going to be the one to come off the bench. So do you see that as the type of rotation? Or do you see them trying to shoehorn in Van Carroll, Christian Wood, a small forward, just to get Shangun in at starting center. Well, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting school of thought um, because you know you can make an argument that you know um, Paulo Wood and Shangun are three of your five best players. You can make that argument. Um, so I can understand, you know, the logic. That's a big lineup. Um, you have a lot of size, obviously, that not many other teams could uh, or would be able to contend with. However, um, you don't have a three, a, a legit true three okay. uh, in there. And although this is a it is an era of positionless basketball, you know, you got some some legit horses at the three. Yeah. Um, some, you know, very at- athletic threes across the league. Um, and. Obviously, Apollo is not a three, and Wood is also not a three. So um, I don't think that would work, to be honest. I think you would end up having to go – I don't really like – I really don't like the idea of Gordon at the three either as a starter, <laughs> per se. But it doesn't seem like the the Rockets really have that much interest in trading him because apparently they were offered late first-round pick last season for him, which – um, Fagan reported that after the trade deadline passed, I would have think yeah. that would have been a no brainer, but they decided they really value, you know, his professionalism with the young guys, which I don't know if that is as, as big of a deal going into this coming season, because you, you really already, he already was providing that last season. But to answer the question, you know, like you said, like initially, like you said, I, I think your, your best bet, is going with the KPJ, Jalen, um, Eric Gordon, Paulo, and Wood. Uh, although I think Wood will not be here long term, I think while he still is, you're plugging him in at the five on that lineup, and then once Wood is gone, then you're plugging in Sangoon at the five. Yeah, I think people just got to uh, come to the conclusion or be okay with Sangoon still come off the bench um, because ultimately, I mean, right now, 
Christian Wood and Bancur are probably going to be the better fit, at least at the beginning of the year. Um, even though eventually you may be, you know, have to go with a Shangu and Bancaro because if they are able to find a trade partner, then yeah, then you won't have a Christian Wood on the roster. Um, you still have a Bruno Fernando. You still have Uzma Garuba. Um, even though Garuba more than likely is going to be playing a lot of his time in the G League, I think that was a plan last year, but he could, he got hurt two or three times, so it didn't really work out. So they had to bring him back up because they wanted him with the Rockets training staff. So I think he's going to get more time in the um, G League next year. Um, I think they actually like Fernando. I just don't know exactly what their plans are for him because he has another year on his contract. Um, I'm sure they probably give him a, a, a longer look this year. But ultimately, I think Christian Wood is still going to be the starting center, even though ultimately I don't think that's his best position. I think he's better as, as a power forward. Um, but for right now, um, I think they'll go with Bancaro. I think that's why all the reports were saying, or a lot of reports were saying, that if they had a choice, it was going to be Chet, just because it's a lot easier to slot him in um, to where they need him right now um, than trying to slot in a Bancaro because him and Shangun do kind of have some of the same similar skill set, and that may kind of contradict each other. But right now, this decision is kind of out of their hand, and I just don't see them trading up. I don't think they value those first two picks enough to where they would trade up to give away their own draft capital. So I think they're fine staying at three. Now, if they would have went to four from what everything we're hearing, um, we've heard from a couple of people. I've heard from somebody that I think actually talks to a lot of people on the inside. And they were saying that they were extremely happy with having a number top three pick. Um, but if they would have got anything out, outside of that, then it probably would have been open season on them yeah. trading away that pick. So, I think they're fine with Bancaro. I think at this point they're just trying to add as much talent as they can, and they'll figure out it from there. And I, I think the rotation you said was pretty much how it's going to be. I just think Shangun's going to be coming off the bench again, and he's probably going to get more minutes this year. Um, but I just don't see how they can fit him in that starting lineup, especially if Christian Wood is still here. Um, <clears throat> now, the whole Eric Gordon thing, I'm actually fine with Eric Gordon still being on the roster. I just don't want him starting again next year because – Eric Gordon tends to sometimes over dribble a little bit. I think we all seen that several times. Still a really good defensive player. I don't think he's a good enough defensive player to override the fact that he should be coming off the bench instead of starting because you don't want anybody taking away shots from your backcourt. I think KPJ and Jalen Green are finally starting to get a chemistry and Eric Gordon sometimes seems to get tunnel vision. He's not exactly going to be, one of your facilitators that's never been his game. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. So he's usually, once he gets the ball, he's probably going to take the shot. So I just don't think that that's really going to help Jalen Green and, and um, Kevin Porter Jr., especially since you already got Christian Wood, who, <clears throat> God forbid, he's still in the I think I'm Kevin Durant mode instead of the, hey, I should be throwing outlet passes on these rebounds. So if you got him and then you got Eric Gordon and you got – Two other people trying to fight for shots. I just think that's just a big conf conflict with each other, and I just don't know if Eric Gordon is the right person having a starting lineup. I just think he should be coming off the bench, and maybe the person you draft at 17 should be starting small forward. Maybe finally you give K.J. Martin Jr., maybe you finally give him a chance to be small forward. I don't think Tate should be in the starting lineup um, under any circumstances. Nothing against Tate. I just don't think that he fits with the starting lineup. I think he's another player just better come off the bench. So, 
there's going to be a lot of interesting uh, decisions when it comes to rotation. A lot's going to have to do with that number 17 pick as well. Um, because if you ever get a player like a Tyree Eason, maybe he's your starting small forward. There's some other uh, small forwards that could possibly still be around at that point that maybe they'll end up drafting. Um, let me ask you, if they go with Paulo Bancaro at three, who do you think or what type of player would you like at number 17? I mean, it's kind of hard to predict who's even going to be there. I mean, it could maybe even a Mark Williams could somehow slide to 17. Rockets could trade up to maybe the top 11 or 12 picks and, and get a different type of place and a, a person, maybe like a Dang, uh, the 6'10 um, point forward um, out of France. So it's kind of hard to see exactly what type of player they're going to get at 17. Um, but if you had your pick, who would you want to see at the number 17 pick? So I think you have to, at that point, draft based on need. And I think, like, as you, as we're saying right now, I think – what you would need is a legit three, yeah. um, preferably a, a three and D type of small forward. Um, now, as far as who that would be at 17, I, I don't really, like, like you said, I don't really know who's going to be available, but I definitely think that you're drafting of that skill set yeah. at 17. You, you, you have to go with need at that point. When you draft it high, you go best player available. But when you're drafting at like later in the draft outside of the lottery picks, you got to go based on need, my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I agree because, like I said, and I talked to a couple of draft people. Um, we were talking to Tobias Bass last week and we asked him about what do he does he think that this draft is as good top to bottom as last year's draft? And he pretty much is <laughs> without hesitation said no, it's not as deep as last year's draft. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get past picks 13 and 14, then it's kind of a crapshoot, honestly, at that point. So at that point, yeah, you just need to draft for need because you may not have a stronger draft as you did last year. And I think that's another reason why the Rockets were so enamored with drafting or trading back into last year's draft. They get a Shangun because they thought Shangun was a top 10 player. Yeah. Um, so to get them where they got them, they were re- very happy. But I don't see the Rockets necessarily trading up in this draft because I don't think that this draft is as strong as last year's draft. So I think they're fine staying at 17 or possibly even moving back. If they see a player that they can get later in the draft, I don't think they have a problem moving back and possibly getting a second round pick on top of it or a pick for next year. So I just think the Rockets are going to be fine where they are. If anything, they'll move back. And like I said, they definitely need, they need more size on the wing bad. I mean, we all love KJ Martin. We all love, Jayshon Tate, but again, they are undersized wings at the end of the day. You need more 6'8", 6'9", wings, and we see that. And we see that in the playoffs. We see that with Boston. Um, even even with their you know smaller guys like uh, Marcus Smart, they still have size on the wing with you know Jason yeah. Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, so they're able to switch everything, and that's exactly why they were able to get back into that game Last time right. because they started switching everything and they're able to do that because they have multiple players who can do that. So the Rockets need more size on the wing. They don't really have that right now. So if you can get an Easton at 17, I mean, I think it would be pretty much a no-brainer. Um, even though I really like I like Jang, I like his game. I like the fact that he is 6'9", 6'10", that could possibly blossom into something beyond what he is right now, which is a raw offense, but – he has the size to where he's actually still growing. He can be a point four type player, but 
again, like you said, at 17, you're going to just take the best player available and just add them to the players that you already have, which is yeah. a whole other issue with roster spots and what they're going to have available because at some point they're going to probably have to make some type of trades because they're going to have way too many young players and not nearly enough roster spots for all those players. So, And one more quick thing. I think that's kind of why they didn't take that pick for Eric Gordon last year because they have so many players right now and then they're going to add on two more players this year. I think they were trying to get a pick later on, and for some reason teams didn't want to do that, which we saw a messed up Phoenix. They would yeah. love to have Eric Gordon. Um, Milwaukee, when Chris Milton got hurt. Miami, when Tyler Hero Memphis. was hurt. Memphis, all these teams would have loved to have Eric Gordon in the playoffs. Yeah. When all, So I think they're actually going to benefit the Rockets now because teams are gonna, not going to be as hesitant. Um, to trade for yeah. a player like Eric Gordon, John Wall, I, I have no idea what's going to happen with John Wall, but uh, Eric Gordon is definitely the most likely player that's going to be traded in this upcoming season. Um, next segment, I want to get into the mailbag because we have a ton of great questions that nice. are going to lead us in a lot of different directions. So we're going to have plenty to talk about in the second segment with all the great questions from a Clutch Fans Forum. Uh, so make sure you stick around for that, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to Clutch Fan Rockets Fuel Podcast. And in this second segment, we have a very special segment where we're talking all things Clutch Fans Forum. We had an amazing 37 questions asked in the forum um, over just a couple of days. And we're definitely going to be breaking down some of those uh, questions here in this segment. Um, and like I said before, we're going to be talking a lot about these um, over the next several weeks. So even if we don't get to a question today, we're going to definitely get to all the questions at some point throughout this offseason because we'll have plenty of time, especially after the draft, where it's going to be a lot of downtime, unfortunately, where there's not going to be a lot of Rockies news. So we're going to be getting to all of these questions at some point. Um, but first, we definitely want to start with the first few questions that we got in the forum. And the first question for today is actually from uh, my man Zaos. Hopefully I'm saying that right. That's X-A-O-S who's been a member of Clutch Fans since January 31st, 2015. So for the last several years, um, we definitely appreciate the question first off. Um, so the first question for you, AD, um, is how confident are you that Shangun and Van Carroll fit together as starters on a championship-level mm-hmm. team? Um, but the caveat is during or before their second NBA contract is over. So this is actually beyond their rookie contract. And this is just saying if they actually get a second contract after their rookie contracts are run out. So what's your opinion on how they fit together? And do you even think that they're going to get to a second contract together? Because we know in today's NBA, that's kind of hard to do um, with having pretty much the same team or having the same type of players um, on your team beyond even a rookie contract. So kind of, what's your thoughts on that? So second contract, we're talking like seven years out because the second extension is a five-year extension and you have them for four years on a rookie deal, right? Yes, correct. So, I was, so actually, we're talking like eight years out. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> now, as far as the, the, the question that you asked about, are, you, are we confident that they'll get a second contract? That to me is um, – Harder to, to call it because, you know, all it takes is a player to, you know, we're in the player empowerment era where all yeah. it takes is a player to be like, I don't want to be here. Um, we've seen that even like early as early as year three 
like 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 a Zion possibly. Yeah, I don't know about that. But as far as the initial question, I, I definitely could see that. I mean, again, you got so much time here that there's plenty of time for them to figure out how to play together yeah. um, and figure out how to contribute towards winning. Now they said championship roster. Um, I don't know. Again, again, like to me, that's kind of early to call. If if we think that they could be even be a part of a championship roster, because um, a lot of it has to do with what else is around them. But as far as the idea of what well, I think the base of this is them playing together um, successfully, yeah. I don't really have the concerns or doubts about them being able to play together. You know, uh, successfully, I think. I think their skill sets do kind of match, especially when you factor in the passing ability, shot creation ability. Uh, I'm sorry, facilitating ability, creating for others of Sangoon. Um, now, you know, there's a little bit of a question about, I hope you got some defense around those guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like offensively their, their skill sets do, I mean, their skill sets, their skill sets mesh. Yeah. I mean, they have similar skill sets. Um, they both are really good facilitators from, you know, high post or baseline or pretty much anywhere you stick them on the court, they're going to be good facilitators. Um, I actually, the more I talk to people and the more I look at Bankera, I don't think his defense is nearly as bad as everyone makes it out to be. I mean, his effort could definitely be better, but I think that was also Duke's defense was just to basically yeah. funnel everything into Mark Williams since he was one of the best defensive centers in, in college basketball. And then I think at times – even outside of Bancaro, you know, A.J. Griffin um, as well, other players on Duke as well, weren't as aggressive on defense because you have that shot blocker behind you. Not saying Mark Williams was a king, is a king of larger one. I'm definitely not saying that. But it was it was similar to back in the 90s to where uh, Kenny Smith may be like, okay, well, I'll try a little bit on defense, but I know I have a king of larger one behind me. So when you have a great shot blocker behind you, sometimes you may tend not to play as good perimeter defense and I think that's kind of where Ben Carroll got into it now if he comes to the Rockets no disrespect to anybody on the Rockets but he comes to the Rockets he's not going to have that luxury so he's going to have to play better defense um, especially when they're doing switches because the Rockets do like to switch like most teams now so yeah. he's going to have to play better defense it's, if he doesn't he's going to be exposed fairly quickly so I think that's going to get into his head like okay I have to play better man-to-man defense have to be better upside defender, whatever the case is, because we all ultimately know that's the difference between a good player and a possibly all-NBA player in most cases, unless you're just a generational-type offensive player like a like a Jokic. But generally, you have to have some type of defensive abilities. You can't be a liability on defense. I mean, of course, we saw it here with James Harden, but again, James Harden was a generational offensive yeah. player. You're not going to get that most of the time. You have to at least be good enough on defense to where teams are not seeking you out on every single play on switches. So I think eventually he'll be better. And I think that that would help him be able to play with Shangun, but on a championship level team, honestly, I just don't see how that works as well with them both being on the court as a championship level team. The only way it works is if somehow Paula Bancaro is, I know I've heard, I've seen the rumors. I've seen the pictures of him slimming down. I mean, if he's able to become a small forward at some point, maybe. But them two on the court together, a championship-level team, I, I, I just I don't see it yet. Um, maybe eventually they get to that point, but I just don't see it right now. Um, 
So as far as that question, I don't see that being a championship level team. I think they could be a really good team. But ultimately, I think you're going to have to have a really good defensive player on the court with either one of them. And maybe yeah. Bancaro becomes a better defensive player, but will he become uh, a better defensive player to the point where we're considering for all NBA? I don't think that's uh, – yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. So ultimately, yeah. And as far as getting to a second contract, I mean, like you said – Today's NBA, you'll be you'll be you'll be good if you can just get to past the rookie contract with the same yeah. players. So a second contract, I mean, if you're going by the numbers, I don't see both players getting to a second contract. Not necessarily anything with either one of those players, just because it's just reality right now in the NBA. Yeah. Um, you're not really going to keep the same team. You're not really going to be a Golden State type of team anymore. You're going to be a team that's changing every year, like teams around LeBron James, for instance. Every year he has a different team. Um, so that's just kind of just the fact of the matter right now. Um, for the second question, we actually have one that's you know, talking about KPJ, um, something that we've talked about back and forth for, it seems like the last year, year and a half about Kevin Porter Jr. And this one comes from uh, Haymitch, who's actually been on, wow, he's been on Clutch Fan since December 22nd, 2005. So nice. 17 years now, uh, he's been on the Clutch Fan oh, forum. Yes. And his question um, actually is a two-part question. The first part, I don't know if we can really answer unless AD has been in some aviator classes I don't know about. (laughs) Um, But it says, first off, he says, how do planes fly? He really doesn't understand that. If we can explain that, he's a little bit confused on that. Um, I guess they fly because their engines usually are on. Um, right. That's the best I could do on that on unless you want to expand on that. No, I, I think you're pretty spot on there. But, but based on my expertise in that industry, I think you're right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that answers that question, because, like I said, we're both aviator experts. Maybe maybe in a couple of weeks we'll have somebody on from Southwest or uh, probably not. Probably not Spirit Airline. I don't think no, we want anybody Spirit. from there. Um, but uh, <laughs> the actual part about KPJ is um, – what would be the most effective way to convince KPJ that we don't need him as a point guard? And I'm assuming this is because he doesn't really feel he's our long-term or Rockets long-term point guard. He says, I feel like he wouldn't take that well, no matter how we approached it. So AD first off, do you see Kevin Porter Jr. as the long-term answer for the Rockets at point guard? And let's say that you don't see him as that answer how do you think the Rocks would go about approaching him? Would you think it would be a matter of moving him small forward or moving him as maybe still as point guard but coming off the bench? So first off, I I, I think this particular topic, I always have to remind people that we're in the positionless era of basketball. Yes. Um, a point guard by definition of what we would – describe it now is very different than what we would have labeled a point guard as let's say 20 years ago. I mean, even 10 years ago, you know, we tend to think of a point guard of like the Jason Kidd mold or the, you know, uh, magic Johnson mold. That's not the kind of point guard that, that exists in the NBA. Now, the only, only real example you have of that is Chris Paul. And he's really the last of a dying breed. Most of your point guards now are, score first um, and creating gravity to where there are other people open. You know, um, you think of like a job Morant, for example, you know, or, I mean, you think of like a Damian Lillard, for example, you know, they play the point guard position technically, but 
you know, they're not well, John Morant is a leading facilitator, but um a lot of these guys are not are not even really really playmakers. You know, I think that's the mold that a KPJ fits. Um so I don't really think you need to again, it's more to me based on the role, based on the duties of the position. You know, he's not creating for others. You don't you don't need I'll say you don't need him to be the the de facto 10 assists a game guy. You don't really need him to do that. Um, first off, so I think you could actually leave him in that slot because, again, it's not based on the position, more so based on what you're asking him to do on the court. Um, now, to answer the second question of would it be, you know, how would he accept it if you tell him, hey, we're not going to have you playing this, this position anymore, uh, or in this slot anymore in our rotation, I don't think it's really going to be going to be that difficult to tell him because I mean his only experience playing point was was with the Rockets. It's not like he had been playing this this position or yeah been playing this slot all his life. And you telling him no, I'm going to have you playing this instead. In fact, that was kind of what we did before. He had been playing really a wing, um, more of a three, uh, if you will. And we had said, hey, we're going to have you playing point. Like, you yeah. know, um, I don't think it would be difficult to to tell to get him to buy it. It seems like, you know, to be fair, uh, although I know, we, you know, he, he's definitely had his bouts, not just with the Rockets, but throughout his career when it comes to, you know, when it comes to some of the, um, let's say, off-the-court stuff, which since he's been in Houston, he really hasn't had that. Um, but let's just say some of the um, – how would I phrase it? I don't want to say like mental mental lapses or mental health challenges. Yeah, but okay, let's just say attitude. You know, we, we've he throughout his career has been chronicled that he's had some, you know, some attitude, maturity, if you will, maturity um, concerns. But with, since he's been in Houston, it seems like I, I feel like he's really done everything that's been asked of him um, yeah. and, and, and embraced, you know, what, what's been asked of him. Um, so to be fair, I don't think it'll be that difficult to to tell him, hey, you've been playing, we, we, you know, you've been playing this style, this position with us for the last two years. We're gonna actually go away from that and have you do this instead. I, I actually think KBJ would embrace that. Yeah, I don't know if it's so much the point guard he would probably have a problem with. Is if they decide, well, we're gonna reduce your minutes and have you come off the bench now. Yeah. yeah, that he would probably have a problem with, but. Uh, I think he's growing and, and, and you made a really good point about it being positionless basketball to where I don't think that you can have the same criteria for point guards. And we've talked about this so much that you don't have to have a traditional point guard anymore. I mean, even if you look at either one of these teams that's still in, in the com- in the finals right now with Golden State, even though with Golden State it's kind of hard, they, they're kind of a unique situation. Yeah. Um, but even with the Boston, I mean, you have a Marcus Smart who, for the most part, is not necessarily their point guard. He plays a point guard position, but he's not the run facilitating their offense. Right. They run their offense through their best player. They run it through a Jason Tatum. Heck, even sometimes they run it through Derek White or Al Horford. So you don't necessarily have to have Kevin Porter Jr. facilitating your offense. And if Alperen Shangoon or Bancaro is in your starting lineup, they're going to be running the offense anyway. So I just think that the the whole thing about where the KPJ can be the long-term point guard, I, I think that it's kind of missing the point. I think the real question is, 
can he continue to shoot the way he has from three point range like he did the last you know few weeks of the season? If he continues to shoot like that, then it really doesn't matter what position you have him on because he's going to be a plus on the court. Um, of course, he does need to work on not turning the ball over as much, because I think he actually got better again as the season went on. Because at the beginning of the year, he was struggling, like all the Rockets were struggling. Yeah. But as the season went on, he got a lot better um, handling the ball. He got a lot better helping run the offense. And then also you got to factor in, the more Jalen Green gets comfortable, the more he's going to be handling the ball. So you're not even going to see Kevin Porter Jr. handling the ball nearly as much as he is right now. Because when you bring in Bancaro, he's going to be your high post baseline um, facilitator as well. So I think at some points it's not even going to be an issue having Kevin Porter Jr. at point guard. I mean, sometimes he may not even bring the ball up. He may be out on the wing and Van Carroll may be bringing the ball up. So I just think that the more players they bring in that can facilitate, the less it's even going to be an issue. Um, now, if you can get, I don't know, if you can get a a Murray from San Antonio, just for instance, if, let's say San Antonio decides to move on from or or SGA from Oklahoma City, or some other young up-and-coming point guard, then maybe you start to decide, okay, these players better than Kevin Porter Jr., maybe we should move on. But as of right now, I don't see a reason why you would not give Kevin Porter Jr. another season as your point guard, just so you can see for sure, now that you have some type of actual foundation, because let's be honest, up until the second half of last year, the Rockets really didn't have a foundation. They didn't really know what they were trying to do. They didn't know what rotation they were trying to do. They didn't wasn't using Jalen Green as well as they should be. So now they finally know what they should be doing with players like Jalen Green. Now they can finally see what other players they have on their roster. And that's another reason why I'm just not gung-ho about trading a lot of their young players because you don't really know what you have yet because the Rockets haven't really figured out what they're trying to do yet. And they're finally getting to that point. So now you can start evaluating Coach Silas. You can start evaluating the players you have on your court. So this year is going to be really important because we all know that next year they're going to have a lot of money, possibly even a year after that. And that kind of leads into our third question, um, which is actually from um, Mighty Boss Tone, who's actually been on Clutch Fans since 2014. And his question was about next year's free agent um, class and it is a year from now when all the big contracts are off the books who are some free agents you think that teams should be targeting with all that cash space what's the dream scenario for that offseason looks like versus a more realistic offseason so before you answer that um i don't know if you you probably haven't had a chance to look at next year's free agent class uh, you have players like lebron james which i don't think that's really realistic but um you also have your favorite, James Harden, who could possibly be a free agent. <laughs> we, we've seen some conversations about that. And at that point, James Harden probably – he's going to be looking for $40, $50 million a year. Whether he gets that or not, whole different story. But I'm just going to go through the list so we can talk about it. Um, of course, you have John Wall. Well, we all know how that's going to go. Russell Westbrook. You have Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Nikola Jokic, who probably is going to sign some extent a super max extension at some point in the next year, so I don't know if he's even going to still be on the list. Um, D'Angelo Russell, Al Horford, yeah, Nikola Vukovic, uh, Harrison Barnes, Danilo Gallinari. Then you kind of getting down to the more B, C level type players. Um, Jeremy Grant, interesting one. Miles Turner, um, 
and after that, that's you know, it's pretty much kind of not bottom of the barrel, but not anybody that's going to move the needle unless you think in the great Karis Avert will come back to Houston, but uh-huh. I don't know if that's possible. So Hall of Famer. Listen to Hall of Famer Karis Avert. Um, <laughs> and also Christian Wood, who will be a free agent at that point. Um, so looking at that list and looking at some of the players on that list, do you first off, do you think the Rockets are even going to be big-time players in next year free agent? Or are they going to be looking for 2024, which is going to have even more bigger names on that list? Um, and if so, or does any of those players interest you realistically or unrealistically at this point? Now, um, so I can appreciate the question because a, a year from now, we would have $81 million in yeah. cap space freed up as a result. Well, assuming that Gordon, Wood, and Wall are off the books because uh, yeah. their contract starts at the end. So between those three, that's $81 million in, in cap space freed up. Um, but I don't think the way to use that is to throw big money at a free agent. I've always yeah. said – I think your best bet, you got a lot of draft picks, you would have cast space. I, I think your best bet is trying to trade for a disgruntled star. I think yeah. that's the time to do that. I know the idea has been floated out quite a bit about doing it sooner, but in my opinion, the time to do it is then. You have all this cap space. Now, now the question is, you know, who is that player? And that's tough to answer because every year there's a new name of yeah, a player that wants yeah. out or, you know, yeah, a new, a new player that's like, hey, I want to get out of here. The only options that we know of right now seems like Zion, um, Donovan Mitchell. Um, yeah, Those I don't two most right now. Yeah, I don't think Luca is gonna is gonna demand a trade. Um, yeah, definitely don't think Jokic demands a trade. Maybe, maybe Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe, um, but, but that but I wouldn't it wouldn't really make <laughs> sense considering the leap that they took. Um, this past season, you figure I'll get some more veterans uh, yeah. again. Uh, but maybe, maybe Cat is an option. Um, maybe SGA. I don't know what the long term vision there is, but for Presti, uh, it seems like he just wants to keep hoarding picks. Um, well, let me ask you a question. What What do you think of like a De'Aaron Fox? Because like Davion Mitchell, I think that they're actually really like him. And that he can really possibly take over for a De'Aaron Fox. Do you see that type of player as somebody that realistically that you would even think about trading for, if you don't, if let's say Kevin Porter Jr. doesn't have a good season, um, is that somebody you would trade for, or you, or he doesn't really move it for you enough to where you would trade anything for him? And at that point, he's probably going to be making thirty plus million dollars a year. Yeah, so I, I actually like Swiffle a lot. Um, Hometown kid, first off. Yeah. Uh, we know he can definitely get buckets. Um, like you said, his contract is actually – actually got a pretty good contract. Also still very young. Um, would be in his prime for a while, it seems. Yeah. Um, so I would do that. Now, I, I think I think it will be tough for Sacramento uh, to be moved by any of the players that we will be offering them. Because kind of as, as you and I discussed earlier today, you know, it's not like there's a lot that we could give them that they probably realistically need, especially under, you know, the new new coaching style, Mike Brown. Um, he was always a defensive-minded, defensive-first uh, coach, especially when, when, at least when he was a head coach. Um, now, picks, for sure, they would take our – we got a lot of picks to give them. But, yeah. you know, you're not really emptying the, the cupboard of picks for De'Aaron Fox, I don't think, you know – um, 
and, and and it seems like Sacramento really values Fox because they could have traded him, and they decided not to. You know, they they yeah, decided trade to trade Halliburton. Yeah, right. Exactly. Which I which I thought was was <laughs> interesting. I thought <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of kind of a interesting decision, but but that goes to show how much they covet and value Fox. So if they're going to come, uh, Molly McNair. From from the Rockets or from the Daryl Morey tree, GM tree, and they're gonna come asking for you know a boatload of draft picks. I don't think I would trade all that for Fox, but I do like Fox though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I think it, at that point, um, yeah, possibly trading for Fox could be a good thing, but at the same time, it all kind of depends on what you already have on your roster. And like we said before, it all comes down to both teams have to agree. A lot of times with a lot of these trades, and we've seen some crazy trades recently, <laughs> um, you ne- you have to factor in that it takes both teams to actually agree to these trades. It's not 2K. You can't override trades. You can't force another GM to take on a horrible trade, even though some GMs just volunteer and do that. The Halliburton one still doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but some teams actually do that. But most teams actually have common sense, and then it's not going to make horrible trades just because you want a certain player. And to kind of wrap up this question before we move on to the next question, um, for 2020, uh, 2024 free agents as of this point right now, you have players like Clay Thompson, Tobias Harris, you have Chris Middleton, Pascal Siakam, C.J. McCollum, Carl Anthony Towns, who we just talked about, Devin Booker, maybe at that point can be a free agent. Um, Chris Porzingis, DeMar DeRozan. The the one that's really interesting to me, which I think is kind of fading by, kind of kind of not as much of a reality since Boston got to the finals, is Jalen Brown. He'll be a free agent at this at that point. Um, but he's the person that I've kind of been circling. But since Boston made that run, I don't see it as likely. But you never know because you're going to have to pay uh, Tatum. Um, you're going to have to continue to pay him. Then they got to figure out what they're going to do with the other players on their team, players like Marcus Smart, um, Robert Williams. So who knows what's going to happen with that. But 2024 is definitely going to have a lot more players um, that you're going to be interested in, that you could possibly be interested in. I think the Rockets – are going to be real cautious on how they spend their money in this coming year. I don't see them splashing a lot of money on this upcoming free agent um, class because, I mean, we have a player like Devin Booker and a player like Pascal Siakam that you could possibly bring over. Um, even uh, DeMar DeRozan will be closer to 30, but at that point, you may actually be at a point where you're thinking you're trying to win. So the age thing won't be as big of a factor as it is right now because I know timeline is a real big thing right now. Uh, floating around Rockets Twitter, but at that point you're trying to win, so timeline may not be as big of a deal. So, well, I mean, we'll see. Even a Fred Van Vliet is going to be a free agent at that point. So, the 2024 class has a lot more players that I'm interested in the Rockets going after. But like you said, may not even matter. They may trade for this growing star because, like we see with the James Harden situation, two times over, players are not necessarily going to stick with the team that they were either traded to or drafted to. Um, we may even be in a situation where the Rockets are moving, trying to get a Zion Williamson. Who has, who knows what, how that's going to work out. So, it's going to be a lot of different avenues for the Rockets to get players other than just free agency. So, it's going to be really interesting in the next couple of years to see how all that plays out. And maybe the Rockets are bad enough to where they're in the top three next year, and that could change everything because we know how next year draft is going to be. So, yeah, it's it's going to be real interesting. I think the Rockets are in a really good position no matter what. 
Um, Man, I, I gotta yeah, stop okay. you. I, I can't believe you mentioned the 2024 free agent class and did not mention the goat, Taylor Horton Tucker. Man, <laughs> did you really? Did you really leave off that? The, name? the the future Hall of Famer that the Lakers are banking their entire future on, Taylor Horton Tucker. That Taylor Horton Tucker, right? <laughs> That's right. Man, I can't believe you forgot about him. <laughs> uh, I mean, between him, Karis Levert, um, Jared Allen. I mean, the NBA is in really good hands in the next few years because the on the roster. So, hey, if the Lakers aren't willing to trade their first-round pick because they want to pair him with Taylor Horton Tucker, then I guess they're fine with keeping Russell Westbrook for another year. So um, I guess I'll, I'll let them figure that part out. Uh, one more question before we wrap up the show. And like I said, we're going to get to all these questions at some point this offseason. So definitely, if you send in your questions, we're going to be getting to all of them eventually. Throughout our next several podcasts, definitely. Uh, but uh, the next question is actually from, let's see, Verbal Christ, who's been on Clutch Fans since 2009, uh, 2009. I'm sorry. So for 13 years, a lot of these, as you can see, Clutch Fans have been around a long time. And the forum yeah. is sometimes it's a crazy place, but it's a lot of good discussion that goes on there. So that's why we wanted to integrate it into our podcast. But um, from Verbal Christ, um, First off, he says, good to see newer outlets and platforms come back to the Mecca of Rockets basketball talk for input, which Clutch Fans is definitely the Mecca when it comes to fans being able to voice their opinions um, since since the 90s. Um, so uh, basically his question was, um, does Bancaro slimming down allow him to be a full-time three for this team? And if so, how does that alter the roster construct? And that's actually something that we talked about a little bit in the first segment and something we actually talked about off the air. So let me ask you that question. First off, do you think that Bancaro can ever get to a point where he can be a small forward? I know he's apparently lost some weight. Um, we don't know his official weight right now because I know in college he was pretty much listed at around 245, 250. Um, so we don't know what his weight is right now. We'll probably get that question uh, with personal workouts and things like that. But do you think you see him as a small forward at any point? And if so, does that change your opinion on whether Alperen Shangun can be in the starting lineup? Uh, I don't think. Nah, I don't see um, <laughs> Bon Carroll being a three. Yeah. I just don't see it. I, 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 uh, I'm, 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 trying to, I'm trying to envision it. I just can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's kind of hard to shoehorn in into that three spot. Um, I mean, heck, if you're looking at it, I mean, Christian Wood would probably be a better small forward than Paulo Bancaro. And I don't even, I wouldn't even like Christian Wood playing small forward. So, yeah, it's kind of tough to put him in that three spot just because I think the advantages he has is more of advantages being at a four is his quickness. He's not going to have that quickness advantage at the three. Um, he'll have it against some power forwards where he can take them off the dribble against small forwards, especially three and three and these uh, small forwards. Um, I don't really see that as an option. I mean, maybe eventually he can play a little bit, but not full time. I mean, it may be some rotations to where they trying to see if all three of them are fit together, but I just don't see that as a, a as a full time option. I think if you draft him, Ben Carroll, you draft him at the power forward, and then. Honestly, you just got to figure out Shangun at that point. I, I don't think the Rockets are at a point where they're looking at Shangun and saying, hey, we're going to draft around Shangun and Jalen Green. 
they, I think at this point they drafted around Jalen Green, and then everybody else is just going to figure out their way around yeah. Jalen Green and then whoever they drafted the number three pick. I think they still value Shangoon, but I think Bankero is going to be a starting power forward. And like I said earlier, I think that um, having him um, having him at the power forward position is where they're going to go long term. Um, now, uh, before we wrap it up, I actually want to get to one more question. It was actually a really good question. Um, and I'm actually scrolling through it now. I don't actually see it. I had it here. Um, so apologize for not getting the actual person to ask the question. But the question was, would you rather um, would you rather have one championship and 19 straight losing seasons um, over the next 20 seasons? Or would you rather have no championship and be in the Western Conference or finals in the next 19 seasons? So, A.D., we kind of talked a little bit about this off air. But what what's your opinion on that question? Well, so I want to break this down. There's a lot of different angles to this question. So, yes. so first off, if this were, if we were a team that had never won a title, I think the one championship would be more enticing. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we have two championships, although there has been some time. So that's really not as enticing. But I also want to dive into this. If you had 19 straight losing seasons, that <laughs> means that you're drafting awfully. Right, because <laughs> really bad. Because you're the you're like at the top of the lottery, or yeah. let's say maybe not top. Let's just, I mean, you figure nineteen years, nineteen tries at this, you would have some top five picks, some top three picks, top two picks. If you have nineteen straight years of losing seasons, then you're basically like the Timberwolves were, or like the Kings <laughs> were. You know, like yeah. And then on top of that, I think a lot of Man, like the last couple of years, the Rockets have been down. Man, I really, I'm convinced that people's IQ points have have lowered because some oh, of the yeah. takes I've seen, some of the, I mean, even even as recently as yesterday, man. Like, I don't think I could even do. You know, sometimes I I can't imagine another day of this. <laughs> um, it, it's, although, it's rough, man. It's it's rough. I'm I'm ready for the draft to come because. Man, some of these trade scenarios for these draft picks is just blowing my mind, man. It really is. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so so to me, I would definitely say, you know, 20 seasons of of competitive play. Now, yeah. there will be some heartbreak there if you, you know, if you get close cuz I think yeah. the question was like like conference finals or something like that, like Yeah, so I actually have it here. I finally found it. So yeah, the second part of it was zero championship season, but twenty appearances at the at the finals or Western Conference Finals. I mean, that's a lot of heartbreak right there, man. That is a lot yeah. of trauma. I think I will be traumatized, <laughs> um, <laughs> PTSD. Yeah, that'll be hard. Yeah, twenty straight years, but I still think I would rather be in it and rather have a chance, even if even if it's coming up short. I yeah. think I'd rather be in it, have a chance, versus you know, losing every, you know, getting top picks and missing out on your picks or your picks not being, you know, contributing towards winning or contributing towards, you know, a, a good team. I think I would rather the the 20, 20 straight conference finals appearances or finals appearances. Yeah. And the question was actually from uh, Tim Duncan Donut. I actually like the name. Nice. Pretty unique name. Uh, <laughs> he's been a – uh, they've been on Clutch Fans since 2009. 
But to answer the question, yeah, I mean, one championship is great, but 19 straight or 20 straight losing seasons, that's that's rough, man. We see after two seasons how much Rockets Twitter is almost falling apart just after two losing seasons. And they want the Rockets to lose some. A lot of them say they want the Rockets to lose, but then during the season when these losses are happening, they're losing their mind. So can you imagine 19, 20 years of Rockets just being that bad to where they have one of the worst records in the league? Bottom, uh, Actually, the stipulation here was bottom five in the NBA. So like you said, they'll be drafting in the lottery, high lottery every single year. And every year you're basically drafting no shade to uh, Hasim to beat. But you're basically drafting <laughs> oh, a type Rockets of player legend. every single year. And you're basically drafting a a player where – they only give for one or two years um, Anthony Bennett-type player every year. I mean, can you just imagine that, watching that every single year? That's basically what you'll be drafting, a Darko Milicic every single year. Why other teams are getting, um, I don't know, uh, Carmelo Anthony, or they're, are they getting um, players that you passed on that you could have had um, a Johnny Flynn instead of a Steph Curry? I mean, you're having to watch that every single year. So – yeah, I, I would much rather – I mean, the one championship is great. But, man, um, having to watch a bad team every single year, I couldn't do it. So, yeah, I definitely would agree with you. Zero championships would suck and losing the Western Conference Finals. I mean, just losing the Western Conference Finals 2017-18 was bad enough. But having to watch a bad team every single year, I would – I think that's kind of where ring culture has ruined a lot of talk and not necessarily this question. It was a great question, but just in yeah. general on Twitter, especially NBA Twitter, ring culture has ruined a lot of debates because everything boils down to if you don't win a championship, then you had a failed season. I, I, I want to point out like Ben DuBois post, uh, uh, points this out a lot that ne- not every team is going to win every year. Only one team wins every single year. So, not every single team has had a failure, a bad year, just because they didn't win a championship. The Rockets didn't fail in 2017-18 because they didn't win a championship. They still had – there's still a lot of great memories. Yeah. It didn't end the way we wanted to end. But it's not always about ring or bust, especially when you're um, not the favorites, which majority of the time you're not going to be the favorites. So I would much rather have um, – 20 years where you're constantly winning, you're constantly having a lot of great memories, you're just not getting the ultimate prize. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that, AD. Um, so, again, thank you to everybody in Clutch Friends that put out all the questions. Like I said, over the next several podcasts, we're going to be continuing to answer all of the questions that we had here in the forum, all 35, 37 questions. So thank you again to Clutch Fans and the forum for getting out all these great questions. Um, we had a, another great time. And, and AD, before we wrap it up, won't you let everybody know again where they can find uh, your content? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at A underscore Duckett. Find me on Instagram at Antho Duckett. Um, and I'm uh, always more, like I said, more than willing to to have a debate or or uh, or even sometimes to, to troll, which is what I like. I like doing that too. <laughs> yeah, if you ever want to have a discussion with AD, just mention hashtag Deshaun Watson or hashtag uh-huh. James Harden, and you can definitely have a great back and forth about those two topics. <laughs> if you want to have great a great polarizing figures. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, as usual, I appreciate you jumping on with me, AD. We'll be doing a bunch of these coming up, hopefully with some great guests. So as usual, it's good to jump on uh, talking about Rockets with you. Likewise, likewise. And I want to thank uh, Rio Grande Valley Vipers for these 
as you see, I have on the championship hat and a championship shirt. So I uh, definitely appreciate uh, the Vipers for um, sending this out to me um, there, as you can see, fourth championship. So it was really nice of them to send that out to me. And I look forward to having another great year covering them this upcoming year, because as we know, the Rockets have more draft picks and they're going to have more people that are going to be sending down to the Vipers. So I'm definitely looking forward to covering the team again this year. Um, so big shout out to the Rio Grande Valley Vipers for the championship and for sending me the stuff as usual. <laughs> nice. um, so that's going to do it for today's show. And like I said, up in couple, next several weeks, we're going to be talking heavy draft up until the draft. Even after the draft, we're going to be getting into free agency and hopefully have some people that are actually on the inside when it comes to free agent talk. So we're looking forward to that. Um, we'll be announcing that as well, we lock down the guests and uh, lock down the time. But um, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to definitely have more draft people coming on. We're going to have Corey Teleba, uh, No Ceilings uh, podcast and No Ceilings um, site that does great job on the NBA draft. We're going to be having him come on right before draft time. So as usual, we uh, definitely appreciate everybody that jumps on every week. And that checks out our podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And as usual on YouTube, we appreciate all the views that we get on there and the comments. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. So make sure you're subscribing and giving us five stars because um, we always appreciate five stars a lot more than one star. So uh, definitely give us the five stars and we will definitely be back next week and helping you fuel your need for Rockets news. And as always, we appreciate you coming on and we will definitely be checking back with you next week.